This one, this is episode 293, Life in the Fast Lane, number 11 for Too Fast, Too Furious, Minute 86. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Two. And Joe, as this episode comes out on the main feed next week, Fast 10 in theaters. We're still two weeks out. Patron's still two weeks out. But as this comes out, nine days from now, we'll be seeing Fast 10 in theaters. I'm excited, dude. Very Are you excited? excited? I am. I have so many things going on this month, which I guess we'll talk about maybe on the next Fast Lane. I don't know. I'm tired all the time, and I have I've completely lost track, especially when it comes to this, and I don't remember... Like, the same thing happened with F9, I think, or maybe Hobbs and Shaw, or maybe both, where I'm just like, oh, no, we have to do this before that, and then we're like, no, that's still a week ahead. Like, it's just like, I can't, because we're a week early, but then there's another thing, like, I just, I can't, my brain can't keep track, plus there's a whole lot going on, whatever, but... The TLDRs, yes, I'm excited. Good, okay. You know, we got a we got a family get family gathering, family get together, right? So that's gonna be fun. Yes, always good to see everyone. I invited Bob of How to Win the Lottery. He's like, on a school night, no thanks. I was like, yeah, that's fair. Okay, yeah, fair, fair. I get it. Um, because you know he'll watch it, he'll see whatever. So you know, he's not a huge Fast and Furious fan, but it's it's a cinematic event, right? So it's an experience for sure. That's for sure. But Joe, speaking of experiences. The best experience is being a Too Fast, Too Forever.com patron, like Cassie Wilson, Ben Milliman, Nick Burris, Alex Ellen, and Justin Kleiman, Brian Rodriguez of High School Slumber Party. We've had Brian on in a while. We've had anybody on in a while. Just you and me. Wes yep. Hampton, Jerry Robinson, Dan the Duke, Hayden, Renato DiDonato, Michael McGann, Lane Middleton, Lindsay Lewandowski, Nate Milton of the Kings of Sport, Jason Rainey, Tom Price, Mike Gallier, Josh Buckley of Whole Lot of Wolves, Michael Moser, and Jessica Collins, a.k.a. Montez. Montez. It also feels like Montez hasn't been on in a while, and, and she was just on. Like She I was just, yeah, you, when you said that we haven't had anybody on in a while i was like i feel like we just talked to montez at least so yeah well the new episode that came out today because we're recording on tuesday instead of wednesday we, we did the right on track so that was just us and you know maybe before that was montez but i don't know we got things you know the next week's episode is our preview and hype episode then we got a patron bonus and then we're into fast 10 well yeah then we're in a fast 10 so yeah but exciting 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 stuff um, we have an email address. So actually, well, we, let me go back a step. TooFast2Forever.com if you want to join the Patreon. We've got lots of bonus episodes coming up. We've got a new lap theme coming up soon, so lots of bonus episodes there. We've got stickers, merchandise, swag, undying love and affection, anything you want. Make us watch things, good things, bad things, whatever in between. TooFast2Forever.com. We also get early access to every one of these episodes. Yep. So if you want early access to a whole bunch of stuff, too fast too forever.com even a dollar a month gets you in the door five dollars a month gets your name on the podcast and ten dollars a month gets you you know you get to force us to watch things but and then these other stuff but those are the, those are the big perks or if you're crazy like uh josh and michael you can make us do an entire lap because yep. that's coming up soon we also have an email address family at cage club me joe we've got we have two emails from Wes that I'm going to read on a Patreon episode because they're about Repo Men, which is a Patreon movie. So instead of okay. reading these or sifting through these very long Wes emails, which he even admits are long, um, we're going to do that on a future Patreon episode, probably the Equilibrium episode we'll do next. We got a comment from Cliff Clausen, who, by his YouTube picture, old white guy. Okay. 
you guessed it, Dirty Mary Crazy Larry. Super disappointed. I remember my dad taking my brothers and I to see this movie. What an awesome movie. So it's like, why are you super disappointed? Then he says, this site is BS, 100% swearing emoji. So even though it says literally, once again, the Too Fast, Too Forever podcast, episode 87, Cliff Clawson is super disappointed. Then it wasn't the just the BS. movie. Yeah. Copyright free on no. YouTube. Yeah. Uh, this is something I mentioned on the Right on Track episode from Lane Middleton, subject line Letterboxed Game. I play along and love it. In my head, I was screaming the drummer movie during Repo Men. Whiplash. Oh. Whiplash. Exactly. And then he, uh, I'm not even going to mention to you because I have to bleep out multiple things here, Joe, but he says, I kind of hope someone picks a certain movie for the Michael and Josh lap. And Lane, I will tell you, someone did pick that. We're going to cover that, which is fun, so... Wes had some friends over. He took some people, got took the quizzes. Oh, the quizzes also are Patreon exclusive for now. So if you want the quizzes, TooFastTooFever.com. And Joe, the only other email I have, but we have the stuff I'm going to read from Twitter. So like I'm sort of blowing through this quick because I think the, the longer portion of the segment will be from Twitter. But someone, draft day is good to us. Someone bought a George Pickens t-shirt. So we got <laughs> really? $2. Mm-hmm. <laughs> good for them. George Pickens, Um, I'll I'll talk all about the draft in a minute, but go ahead. So we have two Twitter threads that I don't think you responded to as us, and I don't think that I respond. I know I didn't respond to. I just responded to say we'll talk about it in the episode tonight. But Jason yes. Rainey over the weekend said, at Too Fast, Too Forever, a buddy who hasn't seen the recent FNF movies asked me a question I thought I'd pass on to you and the community if your listeners want to discuss. He was asking about how important Dom was to the movies now and if fans would be upset if Vin left the series. I think we all know how important Dom Vin currently is to the series, but it made me wonder about the future. After Eleven, we don't know how Vin and everyone will figure into the series. I assume Vin will be at least around in a creative role, but do you think fans will still be interested in future movies without our beloved Mr. Sinclair? He says in parentheses, this line of thinking also uh, reminded me of you guys hashing out what a supporting actor career of Vin would look like, which we talked about at the Right on Track episode. Yep. I wonder if he'd go back to producing or directing if he's too old to play action leads. So then Rocket responds, I think it depends a lot on if the rest of the Dom's, uh, if the rest of Dom's crew is still there, or if it's a fresh reboot with a new crew. We get a small taste of a Dom-less crew with fate, and I thought it was mixed results. And then Anna Bellina, rock lover, responds, she says, it would depend entirely on the circumstances of his exit. If he left on his own accord and encouraged fans to stick around, maybe. If he was dropped like Henry Cavill from Superman, it would be a shit show. So, Joe, the question to you, how upset do you think people in general would be? And how upset would you be if basically Vin leaves and, you know, Vin dies? They're like, we're going to keep making these movies. Like, Vin's gone. Dom, or not Vin dies. Dom dies. Vin's still around. But, like, Dom dies. He's just – or he's no longer with the franchise. Who knows, right? But, like – I don't I think, think it's likely, but what, how, how would you feel? What, how would you react to that? I think that the I think that they kind of tiptoed around my thoughts about it when I was like reading this too. That I think if Dom died in the movies, then and Vin stayed on as like creative director and was just like, look, I'm too old to like play an action star in these movies. I think fans would be mostly okay with it, and they would continue along fine. 
I can't imagine a world where they actually do a full reboot with like a completely new cast, although I think that would probably be the most interesting thing after Eleven is to do like what we talked about, as in like you essentially bring in a whole cast that's like their kids and start from the beginning and redo it. And Vin is like a janitor or somebody. He's just like... He's, he's like a retired... Movies, but yes. Yeah. yeah but he's, he's, not, like, he's not Dom. He's just like... He's got a very minor role. Like, hey. Yeah. I mean, like, he'll still be Dom, but he's not like... Oh, so you think... So not a reboot. Like, it would be like... It would be... Uh, Next gen. Like a, 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 yes. A much later sequel. So I'm thinking like a reboot where like they, there's like a new Dom or whatever, but like Vin plays, you know, the manager at Racer's Edge or something, which is like he's got a very okay. small role. It's like a cameo, just like a, hey, remember me? No, I, I don't think that would fly at all. I don't think that <laughs> I don't think that one can work. I think that it would have to be like Dom still exists in this universe. He's just not the star. That's fine. Now I do think if Vin actually died, he no longer has any creative input in the series. I think that would be the worst case scenario for these. Wait, movies. if Vin died, if the actor died, yeah, if Vin Diesel died. And then there's no more Vin Diesel to have creative influence on the movies, and they try to continue them with like some other person being in control. So you and, think like, so the franchise could survive Paul dying, but you think if Vin dies, they need to stop? Yeah, I think they would try to continue it, and I think fans would be really pissed. I don't see a world where Fast and the Furious exists without Vin Diesel having some kind of creative control. So you think, so in in any circumstance, if there's more of these, he's involved, even if he's not on screen. Yes. And I think that makes it acceptable to everyone else. Because he could still do the promo and be like, yeah, you know, like, I was just getting a little old for these, but, like, I'm still there, and I still, like, I'm on set, and things like that. And that could carry it without him having to even be in the movies. Mm. Do you follow? Do you agree? Disagree? I don't know. I wonder, my thought while you were talking, which I, I'm surprised I don't think we've mentioned, we've definitely talked about things every which way around this other than this explicitly, but I wonder if Vin had any sway in killing a Hobbs and Shaw too. Like, we just talked about, like, oh, it didn't make enough money, but I wonder if he's just like, you want me around? Like, don't make another one of these. I, I don't know. Because I think that he's getting some cut on the bet. Like, he has to have some kind of Fast and the Furious ultimate royalties at this point. We talked so, about like, that. I'm not sure. I mean, maybe. I don't know. It's I, mm, I don't know. I don't know, but I can't imagine a world where he doesn't get, like, some back-end cut if, of a whatever. So I think what's interesting, and interesting is maybe the wrong word, because realistically I want just, like, new cool ideas as opposed to, like, more and more of the same. Yeah. But we compare this to Marvel a lot. We're like, oh, they're following the Marvel route. Everything has to get up. They have to save the world, blah, blah, blah. Yes. But Marvel's reset won't happen until, if it ever happens, until after Fast and Furious does 11. There's this whole, like, there's this plan where maybe after phase six of the MCU, they'll reset and they'll bring people, like, they'll bring in the X-Men and do everything now that they have, like, these, like, more toys at their disposal or whatever. They'll, like, have a new Iron Man, a new Captain America, and sort of, like, do, like, this, like, new origin stories, new actors, whatever, but, like, it's not, it's not the same MCU. It's a new thing. We're on phase, what, five now? We start, we just started five. Yeah. Like, four ended with Ant-Man. Okay, well, that will, that will still be like 20 years from now based on how much no 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 it's like four or five years 
If that, if that, okay, they have well, it all mapped like, out. That's like twenty. That's well, but okay. So when was the first? Like when was the beginning of Phase One of Marvel? Do well, the math was, that way. No, it was two thousand nine. Yeah, no, I know. I'm just saying. No, like what the, the point that I'm making is that we're like, oh, they're directly or indirectly following an MCU's footsteps. But, like, they're going to have to figure out the Fast and Furious core franchise will end before the MCU Phase 6 ends. So, like, it's not like they can follow in the MCU's footsteps. They got, they kind of have to do their own thing. Yeah. So, I don't know how it's going to go. Like, there, you know, there's a TV, there's a Twilight TV series. I'm just talking about, like, I'm, I'm trying to think of, like, other, it's like, time. massive. It's time, though. It's just, like, how long from the beginning till that point? Is what I'm saying. It's like, is it is that like 25 years? Well, I think and, so. I think I think someone put on Twitter that Fast 11 is going to be in two years. I think so. That'll be 20, 2025. So it'll be 24 years between the first one and the last one, if it is in fact the last one. I think in 25 years you can think about a couple year hiatus and a reboot. You can. I think that that plays for people that like it's been long enough that you can essentially just like start from the beginning again. Because the MCU didn't start until like 2008, I want to say, is Iron Man? 2007? 7, 8? So that'll be like 20-ish years when that ends. So there's, there's still, I don't know. This is, to go measure the question, if there's a reboot and all new everything, I can see Vin not being involved. I can see him getting a cut because I think he's, you know, vital to this whatever but i don't think that he's necessarily like hands-on i think that like the same way that there's like the infinity war saga or like this is the dominic toretto story and i think once his story ends i think there's a reasonable rational clean line break free whatever yeah because if they want to make more movies after 11 they can either just do a bunch of spin-offs or do like a fresh because, like, if you do fresh, like, you have to recast everybody. But if you're, like, there's still money to be made from Cypher stories, from Letty stories, from Roman and Taj and Ramsey stories, like, whatever, right? Like, I think that's more of the methodology. And that's, I, I think it would likely go more that way. I really, I think we probably talked about this a while ago. And maybe it's, it feels like something we talked about with Mike. But, like, it's crazy to me that there aren't, like, Peacock original series, like, like the MCU does with the Disney Plus series, like, why don't we have like an eight episode, whatever? Yeah, Tess I agree. Brie Larson, right? Yeah, it will be great. Even as like promo, like if for a while there, I don't know because I've been been following lately, but like the MCU seems to do this kind of as promo for the new movies coming out. You for know sure. what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's it's we're not letting you forget about us because we're there's always new stuff that if you want to consume it, you can. And it kind of leads into the next movie, too. You know what I mean? Like, you're right. There could have been, like, a test backstory that would just, like, like led and, yeah. like, finished probably, like, you know, a yeah. couple weeks ago, a month ago. And then mm-hmm. it would have been, like, you know, FX is coming out. And you'd have been like, oh, shit, there's kind of a cliffhanger that, like, doesn't really influence the movie or whatever. But, like, it will lead into the movie. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I think we're mostly aligned. I'm, just, I'm, I'm now more curious with there being an end in sight as to where they go with this. Like, I think the closer we get to the end, the more curious I get. Not that I want to be over, but yeah, there's a lot of possibilities that like, like if they're like no more Fast and Furious movies, 
like I think part of the appeal of this podcast is that like there's all there's still going to be new stuff. But if they're like no more of these movies, like do what we just do, do, we do? Yeah. existing ones on repeat? Like I feel like there's like like there's no end, right? Like I mean, I, I, forever is literally in our name, right? But like there's like oh no, we're 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 keeping going until they stop. Whatever, yeah. So not that we're ending the podcast, but like you know. I don't think they're gonna. I stop. like that there's. I like that there's always new things to look forward to. But if it's just like, yeah, man, it's these twelve movies. It's the eleven and Hobbs and Shaw. It's like, okay. Yeah, I agree. I, I definitely agree. You'd be like, okay. Then today there was a separate thread that Reaction Rocket started. He said, or Rocket said, question for Too Fast and other Fast fans in regards to a possible major character death in Fast X. Do you think it'd be really funny if Reaction Rocket was like Vin Diesel or someone? Because we have we don't it's know like anything about Reaction Rocket. <laughs> it's just, it's Vin's burner account. It's Mark Sinclair. That's what it is. Yeah. In regards to a possible major character death in Fast Ten. Do you need those kind of stakes in a fast movie? I just don't see them doing it after the real-life loss of Paul Walker, but these are the last two movies, so maybe? I guess I just personally don't need to see one of these characters die to feel invested in the story or give it weight. They're basically superheroes now, and I just want to see them go on adventures and save the day. Not everything has to be grim and real, not fast, anyway. That's a good point. I get the wanting of it being lighter, but I do think that not in ten, but in eleven, if eleven is the fast is the last of this saga, that somebody gotta die. Like it has to be the end game. Somebody gotta go. It doesn't matter who it is, but like they're gonna have to kill somebody off. I I agree with the reaction rocket that like we're invested enough that we might not need that. But just storytelling wise, I feel like that's the the end point of what can happen. Furiosa at Furiosa 35 says, personally, I don't think they're necessary to set the stakes of the movie, but sadly, I'm prepared for it to happen. Either Roman, to be honest, or Dom in 11. And then Emily Efast Saga says, hashtag bring back Jesse. So then there's also T'Challa Stan quote tweeted Rocket and said, Dom is the only character I see dying. And then Rocket said, Vin might not be able to pass up playing that scene. And then there was a separate one where Rocket put a picture of the Fast X poster or one of the posters that has cars like blowing up down below as that like that big explodey ball like rolls down the streets of Rome. Yeah. And Rocket says, so we've seen the multiple trailers, which of course can be misleading. And now we see it on the poster. Who do we think is in the truck Dante blows up? Is this where we lose a character? Would they show that in a trailer? My guess, little nobody. Anna Bolina, rock lover, says, I didn't watch any trailer, so I don't know if Scott Eastwood's in this. Here's why I th- it shouldn't be him. No one's clamoring for more time with that character. Death is meaningless if it happens to someone you don't care about. I agree. I totally agree with. Yep. Rocket says, I agree, but I could see them taking that way out. Killing a minor character could allow them to create the illusion that a major character could be killed without having to do it. Just be Good minor point. stakes, but it would still be stakes. Also, I think the fact that no one's clamoring for more time with that character makes him an easy one to kill off. It's kind of a cheat but they would still be able to say that characters aren't safe this time around. Anna says, I wouldn't buy it. If Han and Letty can come back, I'm not buying into any death in the series. I don't think Vin could pass up playing his own death, and with all the fucking Jesus imagery that we get in these movies and every other Vin movie that we've watched this lap, is it not the most appropriate thing ever yeah. for Vin to, to mm-hmm. get crucified at the end of the saga? Like, is like, it isn't... crucified, yep, mm-hmm. Like that, come on! It, it it makes too much sense. 
I'll get back to that in a second. Rocket says, you make a good point. The only difference I can see is that these being in the last two movies or so they say, if they kill someone off here, there wouldn't be an opportunity to bring them back. I think it would be kind of a bummer for a franchise known for just doing that. Anna says, I think the best bet to bite it would be Jacob. And Rocket says, I would hate to see this, but I think you're right. I thought the same thing. It would allow them to kill off literally one of the family, but not one of the longtime franchise yep. characters. We Plus, they so gave him a bunch yeah. of cool Uncle Jacob scenes before. It will land hard. I think so, too. Jacob Jacob is low-hanging fruit. Definitely a possibility, especially in 10 for me. I do think at the end of 11, Dom has to sacrifice himself for everyone. I'm glad if you not, light. Yeah. If not just the family, the world. But probably both. Like, directly, he has to sacrifice himself to save the family, but, like, yeah. indirectly, he's also, like, take me, and this will save the entire universe. He's riding for the world, for real. Exactly, yeah. One last ride for the world. And then Rocket, last response, says, it'd certainly make things interesting, but I'm not sure it's needed this far in. Let them all ride off into the sunset at this point. Why not? So there is a thing... It's cutting. I don't know that it's necessarily intentional, but in there's two new videos that came out. Um, there's the Who is Dante? It's like a three-minute featurette where they're kind of just talking about Momoa in the movies. Oh, cool. They interview Momoa. They talk to Charlize Theron about Momoa. They talk to Michelle Rodriguez about Momoa. They talk to Vin Diesel about Momoa. Okay. Um, Louis Leterrier about Momoa. And there's another one called Open Road, which has scenes from like a bunch of the main movies. It's, it's kind of like a Dom Letty love story. But in one of them, it's like, you know, there's one of those lines where it's like, I don't want to lose someone that I love. And they cut to Ramsey and Tej jumping on top of a bus. And so in terms of foreshadowing, it would include, you know, it would maybe hint at that one of them. Ramsey or Tej or both. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, uh, yeah, they feel like the right level of like been around long enough, but aren't like, like how spoilers for infinity war when half the people get, you know, snapped away. They're like all these people that you like know recently, like they're all gone, but like the core, the original Avengers, they're all still here. It's like, that's yep. convenient. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't think they're going to kill everybody, but like if they, if they want to go crazy, they could, as long as they keep like Dom, Letty and Mia alive also, for 11. That's a good point. You, if you do a two for one of like two minors, not two minor, but two, but two minor characters. It's like two minor characters might equal one. It's like we can't kill off Letty again. They killed off Rico and Tego. Yeah, yeah. Leo you're like and okay. Santos. It's like okay. Yeah, they're kind get, of one already. Yeah. If you get Tej and Ramsey, it's like oh man, we lost two characters, and it's like yeah, but that's not the same as like killing off Brian from the story, right? I do think that the truck blowing up in that scene, like there's so many cars that blow up in these things that are just like a, a car on the road. Like it just might yeah, just it be, be a car pedestrian. on the road. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Too. So I don't think they're going to kill off a major character or a semi-major character or, as you just mentioned, a minor um, in like a <laughs> car explosion in the middle of an action scene. Right? They're gonna, car they're gonna explosions have a can't death. kill somebody. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It, it has to be that I'm trading my life for the life of someone in the family. Or it's going to be like we thought how Han died where Deckard crashes into him intentionally. But like not in Tokyo Drift where it's like – oh, that's just, like, a random car accident. Like, we'd be like, you can't just, like, kill off a character like that, like, at this point. But, like, when you see Deckard get out and call Dom on the phone, you're like, oh. Like, if Dante enters and does whatever to a character, it's like, oh, okay. But, yeah, you're not going to be like, 
oh yeah, he died in his sleep. It's like, wait, what? Oh yeah, yeah he has cancer now. He's in the hospital. It's like, wait, what? Yeah, that's that's not gonna happen. And, like, and, he and, is and cinematic you, death. And you can't even have a car explode. I don't think you can have a car explosion. I don't think anybody is gonna die in a car. They just can't. They can't. No, they get stronger in cars. That's what I mean. So like, you can't have them. Like like, what is it? Like, oh shit, I missed my exit, and then they like wreck into a wall or something. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like that's not, it's not gonna happen like that. Right. I do think characters are gonna die. I don't know that character is gonna die. I think. I think it's a cop-out, but I think if a character were to die in 10, I think the Vegas odds would be on Jacob. Yep, that's a good pick. I think more likely in my eyes, and I think now you agree with me, or maybe you always agree with me, but you, you said it earlier, I think Vin, Dom in 11. Yep. I don't know. I, I don't think Letty will die. I think Letty will make it. Yeah. Because I, I don't think they're going to have a downer ending, and I think if Letty dies, there's no way to end this happy. Because Dom can't be happy. But I think Letty can be like, I'll carry on the legacy of yeah. Dom with baby B and like mm-hmm. be his mom. And like, yeah. we're still a family and like yep. Mia and Brian are still here and like, we yep. can all do this. And Dom would have wanted this for us and all of it, all of it down the line. When we do our preview episode, I think next week, is that next week? The next episode that we do, um, we will do some more guessing like this. Like we have a bunch of questions that we we ran through for F9 and for Hobbs and Shaw, which might include characters dying. Who knows? But just, you know, there might be more videos or more stuff between now and then. So stay tuned for that. Uh, but that's all the email. If you want to email in family at cageclub.me or just tweet at us at too fast too forever. We're not on Blue Sky, so you can't skeet at us yet. And we're not on Mastodon. Skeet, so you can't skeet is the word. So they made it skeet, and then people were like, oh, no, it can't be skeet. It can't, uh, it can't uh, be skeet, skeet. skeet from the windows to the wall? It can't be skeet. Like, people just like, there are so many other options that the community was like, we could do this, and then we went with skeet. Ugh. It's skeet. Anyway, okay. it's just like, it's like a tweet, but not. Yeah. Anyway, store at cageclub.me slash shop. And if you want to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, please do that. But Joe, on the streets... News about the Fast and Furious. Louis Leterrier officially back for Fast 11. That's cool, actually. I mean, like, we haven't seen 10 yet, but it's it, consistency is key. I like the... I like keeping the same guy. It it also lends to our thing that, like, 10 and 11 are, are one. Well, yes, but also maybe no, because the writers... Other news broke about the writers for 11... And they are two people that have never written a Fast and Furious movie before. One is Oren. Oh, no. What? Oh. What? That's a disaster. Hold on. I want to confirm this before I say it on the podcast. Oh, no. I should have looked this up before I was excited about it. Although maybe it wasn't his fault. Okay. Oh, well... Okay, so tell me, tell me, tell me. Jeez, Louise, this is this is wild. Okay, so the writers for Eleven are this woman, Christina Hodson, who wrote or has a writing credit on the upcoming The Flash, which comes out this summer. Okay. Um, she also has a writing credit on that Batgirl movie that Warner's like. They they just yeah they cut yeah I remember uh, okay. Also wrote on Birds of Prey the TV series. Oh no! Oh no! Birds of Prey the Harley Quinn movie. Yes, which was I liked, actually. I liked a lot. Uh, she also wrote or has a writing credit on Bumblebee, the Transformers movie that we liked. Which we covered, yeah. Uh, so that's – she's mostly from the superhero world, it seems like. She's got a couple other earlier ones. She's got one called Shut In and one called Unforgettable. Oh, the Unforgettable one is the Catherine Heigl, Rosario Dawson, 
sort of lifetime-ish movie that was in theaters. Um, so she's, you know, the last few movies she's done is big time action franchise. Yes. Whatever. So she kind of fits. Okay. The other writer is this guy, Oren Uziel, uh, who they're like Cloverfield writer. But it wasn't Cloverfield. It was the Cloverfield Paradox, which if you'll remember, I don't know if you saw this, but like I can tell you exactly what this was. It was the Super Bowl in 2018. So it was five years ago because I was I was at home saving up to buy my house. Okay. Netflix was like, guess what? There's a new Cloverfield movie. Guess what? It's available as soon as the game's over. And we're like, oh, my God, that's so cool. And then the movie was bad, like real bad. Real bad? Okay. So they're like, they're like, oh, it's from Cloverfield writer. He wrote the bad one. But he wrote the story. He wrote a spec script called God Particle that they adapted into Cloverfield Paradox. So, like, okay. maybe it's not him. I don't know. But this guy also wrote when, like, Mortal Kombat, like, 10 years ago, had, like, a re- real revival. There's a thing called Mortal Kombat Legacy. He wrote part of that. He wrote the story for the new Mortal Kombat movie. He wrote oh. the screenplay for 22 Jump Street, which is really, really funny, which we'll get to in, like, eight years for Channing. Um, he also wrote the Lost City of Channing movie, which we'll get to in, like, ten years. And he wrote Escape Room 2, Tournament of Champions. Oh, I He's saw that. Detective Pikachu 2. He's writing the new Supergirl movie. And he's writing the Clue reboot. So this guy is just, again, like in the franchise world, but mostly from Mortal Kombat. Louis Leterrier coming back for 11 is like, cool, it's two of the same thing. Then hiring two new writers is like, is it or is it not? But, but, come on. I subscribe to the theory that that Vin is the one who's writing these fucking stories anyway. So he is somebody that's like, he's dictating them to from his brain. I, I just imagine that these movies get written by voice memos on, like, iMessage that Vin is just like, and then do this thing, and then just, like, hangs up, and, like, they just have to write that into script. We found out, like, a year or two ago that, like, don't people have to, like, pitch action scenes and he has to, like, okay them? He's just like... Pretty much, yeah. That one will work, so... That's what I'm saying. So, like, I'm imagining that, yeah, it's more like... He just is sending them things, and they're putting it into, like, this will be, like, the actual dialogue, which he's not going to do any, like, he's going to do the Vin version of this. But, like, they give him, like, an outline of what the movie's going to be. It's just a group chat that he just sends, he just sends ideas to, and then they turn it into script pieces. Except that he, like, uses Telegram. It's like, you can't respond to me. I'm just, it's it's one to yes. many. It's just, like, I send messages. That's what I, I said. That's ideas. why it's voice notes. That's why I think it's, yeah. it's like, you don't even get the, like, I don't even have to type this to you. He's just driving, hits record, says a wacky idea, and then just sends it. This phone number does not accept incoming calls. Yeah. Please try much. again later. Yeah. We'll find out. I guess it could be, because it's like, oh, like, does a director in a Marvel movie mean anything? Because, like, Kevin Feige did pulling all the strings or whatever. He's like, well, yeah, maybe, but, um... Would I have liked to see, like, Chris Morgan or whoever wrote the screenplay for this back? Maybe. But also, Chris Morgan, like, doesn't like these movies, it seems, so. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. The only other thing that I saw was the thing that Brian sent to us. Is there anything else you've seen in the last few weeks oh, that we have not he... talked about already? No, absolutely not. Brian sent us a thing, Top Chef 20, Season 20, Episode 8 Recap. Street food fight led to a Fast and Furious Elimination Challenge. Yeah, he was mentioning this, but I'll get to what I was up to while we talk about this. Go ahead. This challenge, we're told, is going to be Fast and Furious. To be more specific, this will be the fastest elimination challenge in Top Chef history. It's going to be notorious mise-en-scene place. Mise-en-place? Wait, what? Mise-en-place race? Whatever. That's... Mise-en-place? 
What's that? Uh, like the like chopped carrots and onions and. Oh, then yes, that's what they're talking about. Yes, yes. putting in place or gather. Yeah, the prep prep work basically. Um. So anyway, I don't know when this episode airs, but episode eight of Top Chef twenty is apparently Fast and Furious themed. And he's like, "Are you talking? Are you having Kyle on to talk about?" It? I'm like, "No, I don't. I'm not gonna watch this." I like cooking shows, but like, oh, maybe it already happened. Oh, it already happened. Yeah, it already happened. That's what I. That's what I gathered from what was. Oh, happening. but Vin and Tyrese were on the episode. And ludicrous. Okay, cool. So yeah, let's watch it. Wait, and Jordana Brewster. Oh, Top Chef is on Peacock and Hulu. Oh no, it's not on. It's not. It's not actually on Hulu. It's on Hulu with live TV. So. It's on Peacock though. I think so. Cool. Top Chef, new episodes Fridays. Yeah, so the episode called Street Food Fight. The chefs are challenged to create street food-inspired dishes, inspiration from the Fast 10 movie. So, okay. So we will watch this when we do our preview hype episode. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah, talk yeah. About that it works. Because yep. I feel like the same way with the tune-up, where we're always like, you know, they're shorter than normal episodes, but, like, we have the whole intro segment. Like, now that we don't have an intro segment on those, we got to figure out. So, anyway, if you want to watch along with us, Peacock, or wherever you can probably buy it for two bucks, Amazon, wherever... Top Chef 20, Episode 8, Street Food Fight. Is Dwayne Johnson in Fast 10? No. He's definitely not. Not the... then... No? I f- no, and I feel like at this point we would have uh, like had some kind of any indication like that people have seen the movie so far i'm like we didn't know that deckard was in it that that you know statham was back in nine we didn't know that kevin hart we i mean we knew that kevin hart we didn't know that ryan reynolds was in hobbs and shaw like they're still able to surprise yeah that's true that's true okay then joe now that he's not we now that we have officially declared him not still not in fast 10 extracurricular activities what have you been up to since we last spoke I have been up to a bunch. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, I just got back from Vegas. I took my yearly Vegas trip to go watch the NFL draft with uh, a bunch of the guys from my fantasy hockey team league, and we had a really good time. We mm-hmm. went to Circa, and we stayed there this time and watched the draft at the sports book. And it's Stadium Swim. They have a giant, I mentioned it last year too, but they have a giant sports book that is around the pool, which is awesome. So we watched the first and round. Sports of the, book for people who don't know is just like where you can place bets on sporting events. Where Yeah, it's like a lot of TVs, a lot of sporting events, and you can place bets on sporting events there. I didn't know this, but you can't bet on the NFL draft in Las Vegas. They close it down 24 hours before the draft happens. Huh, okay. Yes, because there's like too much speculation and stuff. It was a lot of fun, and the Steelers had like a really, really good draft, in my opinion, and according to a lot of the experts, they also had an A or A-plus draft, so cool. I was very happy about that. Got some players that we needed. We got a legacy player in Joey Porter Jr., one of my favorite Steelers ever. Uh, my favorite Joey Porter story is one time his Rottweilers ate a pony. Did I ever tell you this story? No, that's terrible. Yeah, when we were in Pittsburgh, he had Rottweilers. They got out, and they ate his neighbor's pony. 
and they asked him, like, what happened? And he was like, I don't know. Like, they just ate the pony. And that was pretty much the end of the story. I don't know they just ate the pony. That pretty much was essentially what I remember from this happening. But yes, um, he was a really uh, fun stealer that played for us for a pretty long time. And then was like a coach, but then got fired from the Steelers because he wasn't a very good coach. Okay. But he was rowdy. Yeah, he had like a lot of like fun quotables. Like his mic'd up times were really funny. Uh, he would talk mad shit on the football field. But his son's really good and went to Penn State. It was like the most obvious thing ever. I've been saying it for like essentially a year. This was like the Kenny Pickett draft too, where it was like all the signs have been pointing there for over a year that the Steelers were going to get this kid. And then they did. So cool. Very, very, very cool. obvious. Yeah. Um, your team got one of my other favorite picks in the draft, Jordan Addison, Kenny, Kenny Pickett's boy from the university of Pittsburgh who transferred to USC after Kenny left. He was like, I went, the Vikings did not have a first round pick. Right. And they had, no, they, oh, did. No, they had, no, they had a first. That's who they got in the first. They had, did not have a second. Yeah. And then they traded down and then I think they traded back up. And I'm just like, I didn't watch a single second because I'm just like, I'm not in the football mindset, number one, but I'm also like, this is not an exciting draft as a Vikings fan. Like, I, like, I, no. I can imagine, like, as a Texans fan, having the two and then trading up for the three, it's just like, holy shit, like, we're doing it. Um, if there are any Texans fans who are left, right, after the last couple of years. I but, think like, Josh, as a Josh Buckley fan, is a half, a half a Texans fan. He like I know he likes the Bears, but I know he roots, roots for the Texans, like, in, you know, spirit. Yeah. I root more for the Giants than the Jets because my dad's a Giants fan. Like, I don't, I'm not a Giants fan, but I will root for them as, like, the local team, right? But, like, yes. Also root for the Jets. I don't care, you know. Now that they got a Raj, but yeah, like as a Vikings fan, like retreat. You gonna go on a darkness retreat now? <sighs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> um, but like I, I just, you know, as a Vikings fan, I'm like I don't. There's nothing to for me. They had like a, they had like 24, 25 pick or whatever. I'm just like okay, like for whatever. me, I I got rid of a big fat rapey problem about a year and a half ago. You did. Ben Roethlisberger. Yes. And so now I'm in a very exciting young time for me as like a longtime fan. I had to deal with this very large problem for a long time. And now now I don't have... We got Kirko Chains, baby. You got Kirko Chains. So so you're kind of in the same position that I was in, that you've had Kirk for a very long time now. So there's really not a ton to be excited about for your team because no. you kind of know how it's going to go, right? Where, like, I have something new and shiny. So for me, like, the draft is very exciting because I got, like, a whole bunch of new toys and I right. had a new toy and, like, the team is getting young and they're fun and I'm like, oh, this is cool. But we did draft a couple more guys from the University of Georgia. So we got some more dogs. Cool. And, uh, yeah. It's fun, but I got to watch the draft, got to see my friends, got to eat a lot, did a little bit of gambling, bet on Max Verstappen to not win last week at plus money. That was crazy. I mean, like, he, like, well, he's so, so favored every weekend to win mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. F1 that, like, it was, like, two to one for him to not win, and I was like, I'll take the field against Max today, and uh, it worked out, so that's good. Did nothing super, super crazy and just had a good weekend. Um, Came back yesterday and slept for 20 hours, and back at work today but that's pretty much the end of what i was up to what about you brother how have you been i am back on my movie pass grind after like months i feel like i had have you figured out that have you figured out that the the pricing joey's been been talking to me a lot behind the scenes that we were trying to figure out what the pricing structure is of movie pass and he almost had it nailed down what the oh oh okay 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 let me know 
this is a new number. I've never seen this number before. And I was like, why is this? And I know why. Okay. Okay. But MoviePass, as I said before, I don't understand how their business model works because like the amount I pay and what a movie ticket, like a, a normal movie ticket at my theater is fifteen fifty, And yep. I can basically see like four or five of those, not on the weekends, but like other times for the one low monthly price of $20. And I don't understand how this works. And I think MoviePass is like, we're probably fucking up. And they keep changing things. They keep making things more expensive yeah, or whatever. Yeah, they're trying. Dynamic pricing. But now, because Tuesday is half-price ticket day, I think they're going based on ticket price. Now, because it's half-price ticket day, all these movies today are only 14 credits, which is the lowest number I've ever seen. But 14 credits, that's actually not a good price based on half price tickets and what well, so you I normally think, so pay now, credit now wise. a normal movie is 30 credits now it used to be 20 or 18 now i think it's just 30 so i think it's actually about right maybe okay they're um, still the, trying to figure it out the obviously. upside though is that as i'm buying all of these i'm also earning loyalty points at my theater so i already have an extra free movie ticket in my account oh because they count Oh, dude, you're double dipping? This is like mileage gold right here. Like, Airline Miles gamers love mm-hmm. this. When you can mm-hmm. double and triple dip like this, awesome. Well, because, like, you know, when you're using a gift card, it's like you either pay for the gift card. Like, you either get the credit, like, when you buy the gift card or when you use the gift card. You, you don't get it both ways. Like, you can't, like, double dip like that. But, like, this, it's like I swipe the thing, and then as far as they can tell, I'm just you using a bought a, a ticket. Card. Yeah. Yeah. And I have no idea how the loyalty system works. I think it's probably every like five, like every ten movies, you maybe you get like you get like a popcorn, you get a combo, which is a popcorn, soda, and drink, oh. and you get a movie ticket. Like every ten movies or whatever. But like to me, I'm not spending money. I'm just spending twenty dollars a month on movie pass, and I'm just like racking the shit up. So yeah, I have another free movie ticket on my account that expires that you know I'll use at some point. Like when I want to see a movie like on a Friday or Saturday, probably. Oh, those are okay. Crazy. You know, I'll just use it then when movie pass is expensive. Are movie tickets and popcorns the same redemptions, or do you get no, movie separate. tickets and They're separate? Oh, so you're fucking raking it, bro. This is great. Killing okay, it. I love it. Um, and I think it's based on dollar amount too. So, with a ticket being very expensive, it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't care. Movie pass pay for it, right? So, yeah. So going from oldest to newest, Mike came down. We saw Renfield, the Nicolas Cage Dracula movie. He's great. Movie stinks. Don't like the movie. Talked about Aww. it on the episode. Okay. But he's great, which is good. I was worried that he was going to be, like, cagey and over the top. You know what I mean? Like, where, like, he goes full cage and, like, he doesn't. Like, he's very okay, clearly cool. the best part. Okay. And the rest of the movie just, like, we're a murder rom-com. Not a rom-com, but like, it's, like, we're, like, a – we're an action movie that's, you know, a, a horror comedy and a horror action movie. And it's, like, I don't know why any of this is the thing. I have no idea. Because it looked like this could be really bad based on the previews that I saw. Like, yeah, it no, looked it, like he could be, like, very meme-tastic. Okay. The, the movie is fine. He's great. The next night I saw Dungeons & Dragons with Michelle Rodriguez with Letty. What's the full title? Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves, which is very fun. I don't think I've it's a great movie. I've heard people say it was great. I th- maybe you said it was great, I thought. I said it's really good. I, I, I definitely mentioned it at some point on some episode, maybe with Montez. But I would okay. say you and Rachel should definitely watch it when it comes to, like, you know, Prime That's what we or said. Amazon or VOD, Netflix or whatever. HBO Max, yeah. Yep. I think it's very fun. I think she's really good in it. I think Chris Pine is really good in it. I would recommend that. The next night – so I saw three in a row. I'm just like, hell yeah, I'm on that. I'm on that trek. I saw Air, the – Nike movie directed by Ben Affleck, starring Ben Affleck, starring Matt Damon. I know nothing about this. It's them trying to sign Michael Jordan. Spoiler alert, they do. They do. (laughs) 
but it's yeah. so good. It's so fun. Is it really? Okay. It's not cool. like nothing about it is surprising because like you know they win. It's like if we don't do this, Nike's out of the shoe business. It's just or out of like the basketball shoe business. Like, well, we know they're not. Like I like the movie still like, generates yeah. tension among that, but it's just like we know you win. Then the next weekend, I saw Bo is Afraid, the new Ari Aster movie, the guy who did Midsummer and Hereditary. Uh, loved it. Favorite movie of the year. I can't get a hold on whether you would like it or not. Um, it's three hours long, almost oh. exactly. Okay. Uh, it's very funny. It's a comedy. It's not really a horror movie. Like, there's some horror elements in it. It's very funny, but it's also, like... It's just wild. Like, it's the kind of movie... Like, I was also on Mark Hoffmeyer's podcast, Movies, Films, and Flicks, for the first time, talking about Babylon, which is my favorite movie nice. from last year, and one of my favorite okay. movies in a long time. Hi, Mark. And I was comparing it to Bo is Afraid, because they're both three-hour-long movies where it feels like the director was never told no. Just, like, do whatever you want. You got Okay. It. Okay. And I think they both kind of flopped. I love both, but I think that like the next movie that Damien Chazelle does after Babylon, the next movie that Ari Aster does after Bo is Afraid are going to be much more scaled down, sort of, you know, refined or whatever. But man, I love Bo is Afraid. It's wild. Uh, I don't know if I told you this. I don't think I did. But 10 minutes into the movie, dude just starts snoring, like loud in theater. Okay. And... The theater's not crowded. There's probably, like, 15 people there. And this guy is, like, snoring. Like, snoring. And the guy between me, like, he's, like, the guy snoring is, like, two rows down in front of me. And, like, okay. it's tiered stadium seating, like, the recliners. Like, it's a nice theater. Like, it, there's a reason yeah. the tickets are fifteen fifty. But also, it's not an AMC. Like, that's the best part of movie pass. Still no AMC, which is beautiful. <laughs> okay. Two rows down, guy starts snoring. Guy in between me and him, after a couple minutes, is like, hey, hey, guy, hey. Guy, we're trying to watch the movie. He's, like, clapping at him. Guy's still snoring. Yeah. And I'm like, all right. And so then after about five or ten minutes, the guy in the middle gets up and goes out. I'm like, cool. He's going to go get, uh, you know, like an usher or whatever. Dude just never comes back. <laughs> he's just like, I'm it's done. It's an air horn? I, I wish he would have come back with, like, an he air horn and be like, never Bam! comes back. The guy wakes up after another, like, ten minutes. Like, he, he's probably asleep for 20 minutes or half an hour of the movie. Um, he must have been with somebody. I don't know. But he woke up and didn't snore again. But, like, the guy down the row from me and the couple in front of me to the left, like, I couldn't hear anybody else. I don't know. That also might just mean that they weren't laughing. But the guy near me and the couple in front of me were both, like, cracking up at the same things I was laughing at. So, like, it was good to be like, oh, no, like, this is insane and this is very funny and, like, fucked up and, like, it's it's kind of wonderful. Um, but, yeah, if you see Bo is Afraid, let me don't know what you see think. It. Don't see it with the guy snoring. Or do you know? It's part of the experience. It's, it's honestly like it kind of, it kind of works in a weird way, but I don't know. Or at least wake him up and don't leave the theater. The night after that, I saw How to Blow Up a Pipeline, which is based on a nonfiction book, like kind of like the Anarchist Cookbook, where it's like, hey, like you can protest and you can do this and you can do that, but like if you really want change, you have to take drastic action. Like you might get arrested, you might go to jail for the rest of your life, but like if you want actual change, you have to take drastic action. And okay. like it's basically a book on like how to make bombs and whatever to like become a radical, you know, maybe terrorist, depending on how you feel, or just like, you know, okay. someone who takes action. And so this movie is like a fictionalized version of that, or not a fictionalized version, but like it's not a documentary. And so, like, uh, Lucas Gage is in it, but Sasha Lean, American Honey herself, is in there. And it's also really good. Um, I was talking to, like, I don't think Bob has seen it yet, but I was talking to Bob when we did, like, a lottery pod the day before. And he's like, I'm worried that they're going to, like, pull punches because 
it's weird to be like, hey, this is how you become a terrorist, right? Kind of. Yeah. like. And the movie doesn't really pull punches, I don't think. But remember when we did, if you'll remember, To Live and Die in L.A.? And, like, the first, like, the three minutes of that movie yeah. are Willem Dafoe, like, basically, like, this is how you counterfeit money. And, like, just showing you step by step. You're like, holy yes. shit. Like, this doesn't do that. Like, it's not, like, mix one part this with two parts this. But, like, it's kind of, like, you kind of got to blow some shit up if you want change. Like, it, there's, it's still the message. So I thought that was really good, too. Like, I was like, I'm on a, I'm on a little bit of a run. Like, with Air being great and Bo being great and this being great, Dungeons & Dragons being pretty good. Then I saw... A movie that I liked a lot that I want to be nominated for Best Picture because I so almost I can't think of a movie you would enjoy less okay. than Kelly Reichardt's new movie, Showing Up, uh, which stars Michelle Williams, the sad queen. The sad queen herself. And they're like in an art, not commune, they're like in like a kind of like a community college size school where there's just like a bunch of different art classes. And the movie's two hours long of just her making her statues and other people doing <laughs> art and then like all these this other sounds conflicts, like a nightmare all these other conflicts that like you think you're like oh no like this is where everything breaks bad and it spoiler doesn't. alert for the end of the movie nothing happens like you feel like it's going to and it like it it gives you the same anxiety just and then edging it just, it just, just edging you right mm-hmm. to conflict but and then never... it ends just kind of nicely it's did like, she it's... did she make her statues yeah. Does she complete them? Yeah, she has an art. She she has an, uh, she has like a, a gallery exhibit. She has a show. <laughs> that sounds. It's, great, it's, it's, it's a great movie, man. But it I sounds I, awful. I I really really enjoy that. Bob and I saw that after we did a lot. Does she of cry time. in the movie? She has to cry in the movie. No. Oh, what I will say. Okay. Is it is the most accurate depiction of cat ownership I've ever seen. Ah. Okay. Because at one point, because like, okay, I'm going to sort of spoil showing up. I mean, I don't, I don't think it's the kind of movie you can really you can spoil. Even spoil. I think it's, yeah. But there's nothing but like, okay. So she's got a cat in the movie and in the middle of the night she wakes up and like she hears a noise. She goes to the bathroom. The cat's got something on the floor. And I'm like, oh, the cat broke one of her statues. Like, look, like she, like whatever. This is the conflict. And no, there's a pigeon that flew in from outside. The cat like has pinned down and she's like, get out of here, get out of here. And she like picks the pigeon up and she just like go die somewhere else, and she puts it out the window. She literally says, go die somewhere else, and just drops it out the window. The next day, her neighbor, who's also her landlord, who's also an artist, played by Hong Chao, finds the pigeon and nurses the pigeon back to health. But somehow it becomes Michelle Williams' responsibility to nurse the pigeon back to health. And she's got to, like, bring the pigeon to the vet, and she's got to do all this different work. And I'm like, this is such cat owner stuff, where it's like something, like a cat just being a cat Doing what cats do suddenly means you have to take days of your life and hundreds of dollars to just yes. like, take care of that. And then there's other parts where, like, she's making her statues and she's got the pigeon in a box, like, with, like, a blanket. And she's, like, a warm water bottle to keep the, the pigeon warm. And she keeps the bird or the, the cat out because the cat will obviously try to attack the pigeon. And they show just the paw under the door. Just, like, <laughs> yeah, just let me in, let me in, let me <laughs> yeah. in. And I'm, like, no one in the theater is reacting, and I'm cracking up, because, like, not right now, but, like, when I record or whenever I'm on my oh, office, yeah. I oh, keep yeah. the door closed, because the cats are going to go crazy, like, they're going to chew everything, and they'll be like, look, look, I'm out here, come let me in, come let me in, and I'm like, oh, this yeah. is so accurate to what it's like being a cat owner, and, yeah, man, it's it just, it's really funny. I came up here today, and, and Milo jumped up, and then tried to 
tried to rub his face and hook his tail around the cord where the headset plugs in. Like mm-hmm. that, you like, yeah, because mm-hmm. that because anything that should not be a rubbing post is is a rubbing post as inconveniently as possible. Yes. Yeah. I will also say that Showing Up has one of the best title credits I've ever seen. So Andre Benjamin, Andre 3000 from Outcast, is in the movie yeah. as an actor. Okay. But there's in the opening credits, flute by Andre Benjamin. Ah. He just does some flute work in the movie. He's just flutin'. Okay. He's just flautist. Flutin'. He's just flautin'. Yeah, the other movie that I saw this weekend was this movie called Sisu, S-I-S-U. Have you seen trailers for this? Absolutely not. I have no idea what you're talking about. So it's a Finnish movie. It's almost entirely in English, which is really weird. Um, but it's kind of like John Wick in World War II, where this like 75-year-old dude who's like a gold hunter, like he's like he's digging for gold and he finds gold and he's like trying to bring it home and like he's lost everything, like his his village is burned or whatever. Is it like, like the he, Zeph movie where he has the 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 big uh, gold nugget? Oh, called gold. Wasn't it yeah. called Gold Rush or it something? Is, gold? I, I totally forgot about gold. Yeah, no, it's not like that. It's kind of like that. But, like, imagine <laughs> gold where, like, Zeph has to walk by Nazis. And the Nazis are like, what you got? You got gold? Ah, okay. Oh, the gold's ours now. And bend down, like, you know, kneel down. We're going to kill you. And so it's kind of John Wick where he, like, has to defend this gold against a bunch of Nazis. Okay. And it rules. Like, it's not. Okay. I don't think you're going to like it because I think it's mostly just action. There's some things in here that I'm like, oh, I don't know if I've ever seen that before in another movie. That's cool. But the fact that it was in English until the last, like, two scenes, I'm like, this is weird. Like, it's a Finnish movie. Is it movie. Finnish people playing – is speaking uh-huh. English? It's Finnish people and German people. Speaking English. Straight up speaking English. Okay. With accents, like, right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Uh, but Sisu is, like, this Finnish word that's not translatable. That just means that, like – you know, when you have to do a thing, you do a thing. Like, you know, you're going to get the job done. So, okay. Yeah. That's cool. So, like, I've been on a good run. The only Sounds other movie it. I want to see in theaters right now is Evil Dead Rise, which I ran out of credits for, but I guess I could see tonight, but I got another podcast to do with John tonight. So, not whatever. Anyway, neither here nor there. But then next week, I think, is Guardians. Yeah, that's right. Guardians comes out. Yeah. We'll talk about it, but. It's out now as you listen to this on the main feed. But yeah, man, CSU really good. Showing up really good. Not for you, though. How to Blow Up a Pipeline really good. Bo is Afraid, great. Air, great. Dungeons and Dragons, pretty good. And Renfield, okay. And that's basically what I've been doing. I got, I got a lot of things coming up in the next three weeks, including Fast 10. We'll talk about that on the episode. When's our next minute? 24th. Three weeks. Yeah, that makes sense. Every three weeks. That's how the show works. Yeah. Get with it. Anyway... <laughs> Anything else you want to share in extracurricular activities? No, I think that was it. Uh, oh, the I Devils guess. won. The Devils have been looking good. Oh, yeah. Hockey's been wacky as fuck, dude. Hockey's been crazy. Basketball's been crazy. Baseball's yeah. been terrible because the Yankees are awful. Uh, not For you, maybe. Not for me, my I know, friend. I know, I know, I know. The Pirates are doing great. They're at the top of the league right now. Yeah, the, what the fuck are the Yankees doing, dude? Uh, they're dealing with injuries, and they can't hit, and they also can't pitch that's welcome to my world my friend we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna topsy-turvy this in about two weeks if not sooner it's it's may once the once the page turns the pirates are gonna settle in 
get into mid-season form. And you I mean, guys the fantasy, I was just like, I'm not going to add Pirates. This this is going to go belly up, and like it hasn't. And like now Yet. I have to Brian no. Hayes, but like there's guys on like I had Jack Sawinski last year. I'm like this guy sucks, and like he's been on fire. I no, know, he's man. been nasty. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. And hockey's been great. Uh, Boston losing, incredible. One of my favorite sports stories of the year. That kind of paves the way for the Devils to make the cup. Like that was the ah uh, the easy. Maybe. Yeah, Toronto's pretty good. I don't think that. De- the Devils beating up on New York was pretty funny, though. I, I did enjoy that. So. Yeah, man. But, yeah. I actually watched games six and seven. Like, I haven't watched hockey games. Uh, if I wasn't at the game in person, I did not watch hockey this year. Really. Uh, no, I watched opening night, maybe. But, like, it's been months. And I'm like, all right, got to gotta show up yeah, for the definitely. one pro team that New Jersey still has left. It's a good move. I yeah. like it. All right, Joe, the final thing to do, oh, this will be quick, is the too fast, too furious minute, minute, 86. We're not tracking them on video. Must have lost them in the scramble. Y'all, let's break. this minute the scramble continues we see two of suki's girls leaving the garage in suki's iconic pink car we also see slapjack and orange julius amid the scramble too as cops in their cop cars try to figure out how to react bilkins alerts the team they've lost brian roman in the scramble brian gives everyone the go ahead y'all let's break and the cars begin to leave the lot Brian and Roman speed out and race past other tuners. It's a lot of cops versus tuners turning and stopping as the minute ends. Joe, the only exciting thing to me in this minute is we once again get a shot. Yes. Yep. I saw it. Conversation, which I didn't. I I thought we had written down. I thought we had transcribed. We did not. So I got to do that before the next time. I want to have that in the document forever and ever. Okay. But we read it. We we didn't actually. Okay. We read it on air. Okay. Yeah. Because I was like looking like for Barnaby, for Marcus, for whatever from school, and I'm like, no, it's on the, it's not here. But they used the same thing. I did notice it too. It was blurry, but I was like, hey, this is or is this Marcus? And I was like, I was like, oh, is that's it, Lance is this Barnaby. New, the return of like, is it a new chapter of 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 same? Uh, You're my lifespan, but but not it's the same. But it's blurrier. But it's the return of the Lance. Yeah. The, the the sad part is that we for like months have been like the scrambles where it's going to happen, baby. This is all the scramble and like. Doing what we're doing for this is so boring for the scramble. Yeah. So you're you're the car guy. You're the this is this could have been your minute. But is there anything of note here? Did you find anything of value in minute six? So I use a combination of car movie database and my eyes and personal knowledge, and I wrote down every car that I could distinguish or make and model that I could. Name. Okay, cool. So it's a giant list of them. Pretty much the only thing that I noticed was there's a lot of the same cars over and over again. Obviously, a ton of Honda Civics, yep. but there is a ton of Mitsubishi Eclipses. 
there's a couple PT cruisers, like more than one. Like the cars that they're using are, are very repetitive. Like I know there's a lot of tuners, but they're like, we lost them. We can't find them. But it's like there's one purple car and one green car and they're like yellow way tricked out. And it's like, well, yeah, it's like the the lime, right? It's like, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. yeah. But it's like those cars don't really look like any other, any car, other car. And I know that there's like dozens, if not more than a hundred, but like you should end their side by side. Oh, yeah. You you would think from air support, from Bilkins, who has a, a live view from above, like, oh, there they are. Yes. Got them. Yes. You would know which cars are. But the thing is that I think that, okay, that's fun to think about and laugh about. But at the same time, like, you don't know if they're actually in those cars. Correct. Because the the camera and the editing is leading you to believe that it's them in those cars. And we do know from later that it's not them in those cars. Well, there is a very dramatic insert shot of Brian's mouth, which I don't know if I've ever seen before, but he's just like, y'all, let's break. And I'm just like, why are you so close? Like, it's cool. But I'm like, are you hiding It's just his mouth. Not really. Yeah, it's just his mouth and, like, part of the walkie. You're absolutely right. If they are looking for the the two cars that they did have yeah very obvious which ones yes. they are yeah like pretty much immediate identification of those two so i think i know the answer to this question but is there anything of note that you noticed in this minute that we have not already talked about no such a bummer man it like absolutely not like but here like i like i said you can see like i have like a nice big list of cars with as much information as i could give some of them are on Car Movie Database, but for the most part, just a fuck ton of cars. And a lot of them are, like, too fast to even distinguish what they are. They're just blowing by. And I'm stopping millisecond by millisecond, and it's like, yeah, that, that was a blur. That was, they are also like, too furious to identify. Yeah, keep going. No, they're just, like, blurry and shit. Like, it's hard to see. I also have no idea what we could ask for a question from this. No, no, because I think the question we had last time that you sort of borrowed from this minute is like, who don't we see race? It's Suki, right? Like, Who don't we see in a car? Yeah, driving their car. I don't, I think that this has to be a no question minute. We could do... What? As a follow-up, which race from the first, film's first race do we not see driving their car in the scramble? The answer is Suki. We could say, in Suki's car, how many... How many people are in Suki's car in the scramble? The car's a two-seater anyways. Yeah, but it could be one or two. Yeah. It's not a good question. It's just... I would rather have no question. question. Wow, no question. Yeah, I know, because it makes it seem like... never like... done that. I know, yeah, that that's what I was thinking. It's literally like the first time that I'm like, I, could, I think we can make a strong argument for a no question here. I mean, there's been a lot of times where we could have made an argument that there should be no question. We're like, we're going to do a question anyway. But if if there is a question, I agree with you that it would be how many people are in Suki's car. But that's about it. That's you also, like, like, can't, like, you can't even see that. They're just like two attractive Asian women with brown hair. And like, you can't even see really what they're wearing because those like deist like harness, like the racing, the safety harnesses are like so overpowering over their clothes you're like i don't know what any of this is the only other question i don't think it's i think it's too easy is that like who is who's on the walkie at headquarters communicating with the police is it bilkins is it markham or is it done 
that that's fair. That's very fair, but it's easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That might actually be the that might actually be a good question. Cause I think looking back on the movie, if you're not paying attention, that's that's a good one. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Who is at HQ communicating with the police officers trying to combat the scramble? The answer is Bilkins, not Dunner Markham. Should the name of this minute be the return of Lance Barnaby? I was gonna think the return of the Lance, yes. Like or... the return of the Mac? Yeah. Or that was a minute. No. <laughs> the Return of the Lance. Return of the Lance. Also, Return of the Jedi just had its 40th anniversary. That's in theaters right now, so it's very appropriate. Yeah, like, man, such a bummer. Like, we said this earlier today. Joey months. and I were talking. Yeah, we were waiting for it, and it's, it's just not anything interesting at all. It really is. Like, isn't. it's not. You know, in the movie, it's exciting, but it's just like, there's nothing, it's just like visual overload, but not in a way where it's like, we can count fires. It's like, you can't really count the cars because there's too much motion. Yeah, Yeah, it's too blurry. It's too fast. (sighs) Damn. Oh, well, whatever. On to the next. Yeah, that's, that's a fair question. I like that. That was, you did, you did a good job. That did, that worked out. Because we've we've come up with some real bullshit questions where if we're like, oh, if 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 no question was an option, we should probably cut out a few a few of these from like a you know different movies. Also, uh, Wes was I, I think you kind of like skipped around it, but Wes had told us that he was watching the movies this weekend. Yes, and he gave his friends the quizzes, and they were very upset about them. They were so mad, and I, I was like, we never sold these as fun. That was never the intention of what these quizzes were. They were extremely hard for no reason. We made them, and we don't do well. No. It was like, yeah, but they were, like, very frustrated and complaining to him as they were taking them. Like, I can't believe, like, there's, like, how many fucking fire? Like, dude, I don't know. I still don't know. Like, I'll take the quiz now and get the same score that you guys did, and we made the quiz. Yep. Like, it just doesn't make any fucking sense. I'm sorry. It's a very difficult quiz. Uh, oh, well. Well, you know. It's, that's not for that's... feeling good about yourself. It's not. It's it's about being too hard for no reason. That's what the that, whole point of this is. And that's why you pay for the privilege of TooFast2Forever.com. Yes. Joe, our next episode is the Fast 10 preview and hype episode. We're doing that next week. We're also next week doing the bonus episode, Josh Buckley's pick of Equilibrium. Doing that next week for the Patreon for Too Fast, Ooh, Too yeah, Com, right. and then after that. So we're going to put those out, and then that week as they come out, basically, it's Fast 10. We're going to do the spoiler-free review and the spoiler-filled review. So I'm assuming that most of you listeners will be seeing it on Thursday night alongside us. Not with us, but like alongside, like at the same time as us. Yeah. Emotionally, family style. Um, so we'll talk about like the, the deadlines and the times to get in emails for that first spoiler filled review episode which we're going to do the friday night it comes out and then you know we'll go from there but the next episode is the fast 10 preview and hype episode with a bonus episode of equilibrium for the patrons and then we're in fast 10 season like we're in our fast 10 era but like we're officially really not too many episodes from now joe we will have seen the movie we've been waiting i'll say all our lives to see all all of our lives yes we've been waiting our whole entire life to see this. When I was 13, that first movie came out, and I'm like, I'm never seeing this movie. And then I didn't see it for another 
11 years maybe after that probably until, yeah until fast five was on how this get made you know what i mean but then in my soul i was like this is this is the movie fast 10 it's still weird to me that like looking ahead to like our next lap doesn't start for another month like i, I want to get like i'm so excited about like the next theme and the next movies that we're covering and all this whatever and like there's so much fast time between now and then i just hope i hope the movie's good it would be a bummer too. if it was bad, but, you know, I think it would be... Actually, I think it would be very, very interesting to talk about if it's just, like, atrocious. Like, it has to be, like, bad. Like, actually, like, if it's bad... I think if it's bad, it'll be fun. If it's just, like, if it, to use it's your mid, phrase, if it's that was a movie, it's going to be... Miserable. Hmm. Well, that's the end of Too Fast. Movie stunk. <laughs> yeah. Not even. Just... <laughs> Mid at best. <laughs> mid, anyway. mid. For all things Too Fast 2 Forever, you go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash Too Fast 2 Forever, or at Too Fast 2 Forever on Twitter and Instagram and YouTube. Email us, family at cageclub.me. Check out our Patreon page at Too Fast 2 Forever.com and our store at cageclub.me slash. I don't have such issues with that word. Shop. And come back next week for our Fast 10 preview and hype episode. If you want to get emails in, about that we will do some emails on that if if people have like guesses whatever if you have some like final thoughts about fast time you want to get on the air before the movie comes out we will read some emails on there too if not that's also cool but fast 10 preview and hype and then equilibrium for the patrons shortly after that i'm joey lewandowski i'm joe too and we will tell you all about it when we see you 